are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 435, a.k.a. year 9, week 11, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC. And since this is your regularly scheduled live Saturday broadcast uh, on the old clubhouse, uh, now, now that the Twitter is gone and it's just X, like are we still thinking about... Making that jump over to X for whatever mm. whatever they use, who knows? I mean, I, I still want to try it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we have to coordinate that first. Well, for now, we are on still on Clubhouse because they still have a you know a fully named app uh, live around three p.m. Eastern time Saturday afternoon, so you can catch us there. And if you add me at Riches for Rich, uh, R I C H E S the number four R I C H. Or find the club, uh, the Anarchist Experience. Um, I will click the little invite button when I open the live room, uh, and then you'll be able to put your hand up and participate uh, if that's something you choose to do. Um, otherwise, keep listening to the podcast or don't. I don't care either way. What is going on with you this week, MC? Oh, nothing. I'm actually at the Libertarian Party Convention of Hawaii, uh, and it's kind of boring, so I stepped away. Why would you do such a thing? That sounds like torture. Because I have friends that are in it, and I wanted to show my support and get some free coffee and donuts. Ah. So, a, a mutual friend of ours, I don't know if your Libertarian Party is setting this up, um, or you know if anyone there is setting this up. We, we've talked about it here on the show uh, within the last couple of weeks, I believe. Uh, Larkin, Ro- Larkin Rose's Jones Plantation movie. We've talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. So our mutual friend is hosting a viewing night tonight of the movie because that is currently the only way to watch the movie. Like he hasn't put out the DVD or released it on streaming or anything yet. Um, but there's going to be like a live, a, a universally live broadcast. All right. So I think something like 8.30 p.m. tonight, if you paid for it, um, you'll be able to watch a showing of the Jones Plantation. Nice. And and that's 8:30 Eastern time. So whatever, you know, 2:30 in the afternoon Hawaii time if you're if your libertarians are done doing what they're doing um or if you you know, if you can put together something short notice to have a little mini viewing party if they still have access to the event venue or whatever. Um I forget how much it cost, um uh, but it wasn't all that much. Um but yeah, they they're doing a viewing of it here at one of the community centers. Um, the likelihood is I will not go because I'm fairly, uh, routineized, I guess. Like my, my, my day is extraordinarily structured down to like when I have time to take a nap. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> but so like I, you know, my, my Saturday nights are filled, are generally filled with other things. I'm like, well, I'm eventually going to buy this movie. Like I'm not going to buy a viewing of the movie, but when Larkin Rose either, you know, makes it available on DVD or however he decides to do it, right? I will definitely buy a copy and I will watch it then. So I'm not going to not see it. I'm just not going to see it uh, tonight in the middle of doing the other things that I would normally do on a Saturday night, perhaps. Right on. Um, so what was what was boring about the Libertarian Party? You went, you know what? This podcast thing is so bad. <laughs> The uh, Roberts Rules of Order. Oh, yeah, I told you. The National Party does that bullshit, too. It's Yeah, and they, and they also do things like, you know, report things to the IRS and, you know, for their treasury stuff. And they're, they're, they're so panicked about, oh, somebody might shut us down. I'm like, I don't, they I don't sound like bad they, libertarians. I don't, I don't see why, how they could. Um but they want they want access to uh, you know be able to put in candidates. That's the whole point of the Libertarian Party, and uh, it's it's an uphill battle <laughs> because uh, 
they don't actually have any real power. So. Yes, yes. All you have to do is jump through these hoops and follow these protocols and do what the other people don't have to do. And maybe yeah. we'll let you in before we change the rules again. Yeah, and it's a it's a mess, and I don't like it, but whatever. But you have friends who are participating. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's fair. I don't. I. I also have friends, well, acquaintances more more so than friends that participate in those things, and I kind of just laugh at them. Right? Okay, have fun at your meeting, guys. Right, it's like so, it's the big fish, small pond, but the pond is really small when it comes to libertarian politics. Um, I have another friend who's more of an anarchist. That uh, he said he his last question to me was, "Well, what do you think about the secessionist movement?" And my Fort. answer was, "Sure," um, but he's also a person that tells me that, "Oh, you know." Um, there should there should be no state. Well, the secessionists will probably form their own state. So, and I, I'm all for you know secession movements in general. Uh, the the smaller the better, and I think that is a way forward. Right. The, um, the secessionist thing is incremental, right? Like you secede from the United States federal government. And yes, some dickhead is going to start a state government, most likely because the state government already exists, right? Like the gov- the governor and those legislatures are not going to give up their power overnight because the federal government is not there, right? Yeah. But then, but then you can start working on seceding from them too, right? Yeah. There's a. So, go ahead. So. Uh, that that leads me to my next question is is how do you have a long term successful secessionist movement? And I think it's impossible to do if you don't have your own currency. So um, that should be like priority number one is oh yeah not 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 use the money of your the, of your enemy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Pre Bitcoin, pre cryptocurrency, right? When I was in Hawaii. That was my main point to anyone that would listen about the Hawaii secession movement. Mm-hmm. Right? If you want to get away from the United States federal government, the easiest thing to do is to stop using Federal Reserve notes. Right. And then and then if they if so basically you, you, you create, you know, a community that only trades and that uses the notes that you want them to, to use. Uh, and then then if you're in control of the, the currency um, exchange rate, then you can make money off of people trying to, you know, buy into your community. So anyway, that's that's the way I would do it. Because then, you, then you'd have a, a trade surplus. Yeah. Um, you, you would... So if people wanted stuff from inside of your community, you say, well, you know, there's a 20% tax or surcharge whatever yeah whenever you buy these tokens from the exchange and then you use those things to buy stuff that your community needs from outside the community and yep. so you, you end up building up you know just because uh you have a productive community if you do if you don't have a productive community it's not going to work well and and i don't know if you can start there right because you have to get much like bitcoin in the early days you have to get a you have to offer a discount to get people to buy in initially and then once once there's demonstrable value right then naturally well, your currency will become more expensive it it, it depends it, if so if if you're talking about a secessionist movement you don't have to get people to buy in and and, and just uh val- volunteer in because uh you do what the state does and you force people. You say, if you live in this area, you have to use this currency. <laughs> and if you don't, we'll come over your house and uh, steal all your stuff. Put you in jail. Okay. Um, well, obviously, whatever obviously you're proposing, I'm against then. <laughs> sh- well, well, sure. But um, I I just want to make, make the point that uh, th- this could work if you get everybody in an area to do it. And there's two ways of doing it. There's the voluntary way, which I don't I don't see working because other people are already 
forcing people to do stuff. So, um, well, uh, okay. I, so I don't, I don't see take, a way. Let's take a step back. Who's in charge of this secession movement then? Because if you're talking about the state government forcing people to use the currency, then yes. Right. But at that point, the state government is no longer part of the secessionist movement. Those are the people, you know, who wanted out of the federal government um, and still may want out of the state government. Um, well, I, I don't even know how to describe it. But okay. <laughs> basically, if a group of people get together and say, you know, this, this area is no longer part of the federal government, you know, whether it's just a part of Texas or the whole Texas, and then they are the ones that make the rules at that point. Maybe. So that's I mean if, if they if they can enforce them. Yeah. And so so how would they accomplish that is that they'd have to, you know, convince their pop their community that they are the good guys and that also, since we're the good guys and you guys like us and you guys hate the federal government, that you're going to let us rule you, basically. Okay. Um I don't see any way around that. You can't. You can't just say, "Oh well, you're all free now. Go well, about your merry way." Because then there's there's no there's no uh, uh, there's nobody to resist the uh, the the other tyranny. You know, the federal government from coming in and, and messing with people. Okay, I get. Okay, so let's back let's back up for a moment because there is there is a caller to Free Talk Live. Um, who also has a problem with the modern-day secessionist movement and how we envision it looking. So let me try to give you my brief vision of how it could look, um, and then we'll see if this problem solves itself, right? So, number one, one quick example uh, of alternate currencies dominating, right, is they just had the Forkfest and Porkfash gatherings right and one of my regular co-hosts or the main host of the show that i co-host on free talk live his name is captain kickass and he put out some music um and i i after the event purchased some of his music using federal reserve notes um because i also buy cryptocurrency from him using federal reserve notes right like he's got he has got like one bill every month that he can't use crypto for and so he needs Federal Reserve notes. And everything else in his life is generally basically using cryptocurrency to use. So I go like, well, you need this money every single month. And I base, I generally would like to purchase some crypto every single month. So, you know, let's go ahead and make that a thing. Um, and then I went, well, rather than buying crypto from you and then giving it back to you, right, to, to buy your album, why don't you just, you know, spot me the difference Right. Instead of $500 of cryptocurrency, give me $480 and your album. Right. But whilst he was at the festivals, uh, he was selling the first print run and he was only selling the first print run at the festival. So I don't even have a first print run because I didn't ask for any personal favors and I figured he was going to sell out. And the only rule that he had at the festival was I'm not taking Federal Reserve notes for anything. Right, if you value my art in the form of these, this, these, uh, you know, this EP and the music videos, if you value those things, you will find a way to pay me in in, in other way, uh, other methods. Right, gold, silver, gold backs, cryptocurrency, whatever cryptocurrency you want. Right, anything but Federal Reserve notes. And he sold out of that first run print. Right, not not taking Federal Reserve notes. So. To use that as an example, right? If your, if what you're offering is valuable enough, uh, people will are willing to pay a premium for it, uh, and you don't need to force them into converting to your currency, right? So just scale that up to, you know, the the community of producers within your geographic area, um, going like, well, we're just we're just not taking Federal Reserve notes, right? If if you want to buy our wares. Because they're valuable within your community, I mean, that, you have to find fine. a way to convert it yourself. That's fine at a at a place where you're inviting like-minded people. 
But if you're talking about any substantial uh, size of, of a place, like, you know, Texas. maybe the smallest would be, well, smallest would be maybe a city. Okay. Or, you know, or a state. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to use Texas, let's, yeah. let's do that. So you, so you have Texas and you say, hey, everybody should everybody should use this. Well, everybody's not, you know. <laughs> so, right, and so when it, when so you have two, two, you have too many people in that in the state of Texas supporting the enemies, supporting the federal government. Right, so you don't and make I, any headway. And, well, maybe because I don't. Here's the thing: I don't really care who they support. Right, to me, at that point, they are expats in foreign land. Right, and. What we know about expats in current foreign land, say Italy, for example, because it's the example I used the other day, is the federal government uh, requires those expats to pay fealty to the state, even though they're no longer within the geographic boundaries of the state. Right? They, they don't live in the United States. They don't work in the United States. They have no business in the United States, really. Uh, but the United States goes, oh, you made that money? You owe us some. Right, and those those expats are under some obligation to pay their fealty to the state. And what I don't care about in Texas is if Texas people, Texans, you know, uh, who are who still feel some loyalty to the United States, continue to pay the United States their hard-earned dollars and and whatnot to the United States for what? Right, they're not they're not getting the same services. Right, just like the people living in Italy aren't getting the same services, but if you if you're that loyal to the crown, right, I don't care that you continue to support the crown, but the crown can no longer come after me, right, because I am a foreign national on my home soil, and if the secession movement is strong enough to make that happen, right, then it's it's large enough to repel the United United States federal government initially. Uh, it doesn't matter that we have Americans on Texas soil. Let them be. Leave them alone, right? If they if they walk into a, a Texas store, you know, a secessionist Texas store, and the guy goes, we don't take them Federal Reserve notes around here, right? Then it's up to them to go find some place that does, right? I'm, I'm sure there'll still be some loyalists, you know, some, some red coats, uh, willing to take their willing to take their Federal Reserve notes, as that continues to you know decrease in purchasing power over whatever, um, they can go they can go elsewhere, or find someone to convert it for them, um, and come back with gold or silver or gold backs or cur- cryptocurrency or whatever uh, to the secessionist outlets that do take those currencies, right? What what okay. what I, the what I a just... modern secessionist movement looks like in my mind, is a separation of government from geographic area, right? Much like the churches. So you, you can be loyal to the United States and still live in Texas, or you can give that up because why, why would you continue to pay 30% of your hard-earned income, right, to a government that no longer has any authority over you? But they do. That's my point. <laughs> Well, the, 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 the expats now do mostly out of fear, right? Um, that's, that's a little bit different. No, but it would be the, the day after secession, it's the same, it's, the, it's de facto the same. It is, it is expatriates on foreign soil. If I have a store in Texas and I say, well, I just seceded, no longer paying the federal government, and then the next day the federal government comes in and says, Ha ha ha, sucker! <laughs> and they take my store. You know, like wait, right. I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> they do have the authority over you. No, because Texas hadn't. Texas secedes. Oh, oh! If, if Texas secedes, okay. I was, I was, I was. If Texas, there. if Texas secedes, there are going to be stores in Texas, part of the secession movement, right? And stores in Texas loyal to the cause, right? And if, if, you're, if you are now an American living in Texas, right, you can shop at the Loyalist store with Federal Reserve notes, or you can shop at the Texas store 
using you know Texas coin or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but if but if Texas secedes, and, and Texas has control, why wouldn't they just say, you know, make a law that says we're you know you if you have a, a store in this area, uh, you're not allowed to use Federal Reserve notes. I'm they they can absolutely do that. What I'm suggesting is that's not a good way to manage a secession movement, right? Because it immediately makes things even more um, adversarial. Good, right? And <laughs> no, I don't want. I don't. It's want, already. It's already adversarial when you say Texas seceded. You, okay, but initially, yes. At the day after. Right, it's no longer adversarial. It's done. Right? If the United States wants Texas back, then the United States is initiating force against a sovereign country. And you can deal with that however you want, but within the borders of the sovereign country, right, you need you need not be adversarial to get the job done. Like the secession has already happened. You you don't need to you don't need to then force Americans Right to do things the Texas way, you just let them be, and and the hope, right, is that without the thumb of the federal government lording over them, because because now you're in Texas, right? You don't you don't have to pay your thirty percent to the federal crown. That's over. We you've seceded. That's done. But if you want to, right, like no one no one in the secession movement is going to care if some status wants to like give up thirty percent of their wealth to the federal government, right? That just makes you poorer. Keep it, right? Join Texas, right? Convert to, convert from a United States citizen to a Texas citizen, right? Oh, what if they're old and on Social Security and Medicare? Well, then let them be, right? They paid into that system. Let them reap the rewards without confrontation. If they want to be loyal to the crown, let them be loyal to the crown. I'm suggesting that you can have it both ways if you untie uh, if you untie government from the geographic confines that it currently has right Catholics don't have to do what atheists do and atheists don't have to do a damn thing the Catholic Church says it does right and yet we coexist on the same geographic we coexist in the same geographic boundaries right following our own personal rules differently or the rules of whatever you know whatever higher power we believe in or not. Right? And I'm 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 suggesting that government can work the same way. The United States pays, you know, foreign postage to get you your social security check or direct deposits into, you know, a foreign bank account and you pay the fee. Right? Okay. I or guess you migrate I guess my out only, of Texas. My only point is is the 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 new government of Texas whatever it is um should not use Federal Reserve notes. And yeah. If, and I, I don't know if they're going to create their own currency or decide to use Bitcoin or whatever, but they're probably they're probably going to want to uh, raise a tax or yeah, or I- implement a tax in that in that geographical area. Um right. And the whole reason the goldbacks are growing. By the way, there's now like a North Dakota or South Dakota goldback. The goldback phenomenon is growing, number one, because they're really cool. But they started in Utah uh, because the Utah Constitution somewhere in there, I don't know the specifics, are somewhat in alignment with the United States Constitution that only gold and tender can be used as legal tender. Or only gold and silver can be used as legal tender. Excuse me. Right. So the goldback's company... The Goldbacks company created the Goldback uh, to be used as legal tender in Utah, right? Because, hey, the Utah Constitution says gold and silver, and so here's gold, right? Here's, here's one one-thousandth of an ounce of gold to be used as legal tender within the borders of Utah. And so whether it's that or, like I said, silver or cryptocurrency or something else, right, in Texas, you could just as easily have the Texas Goldback, and the only thing that does is, again, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter at the merchant level, right? It's just, okay, Texans, 
you know, now that now that you're Texas, you, 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 the only the only way to pay for government services, right, is using government money. And then we'll fight against that too, or Texans should fight against that too. But that would be that would be the natural setup for that, right? Tex, you know, a, a Lone Star buck, right, or whatever for the for the services. And I'm pretty certain, right? I mentioned Captain Kick as earlier. I'm pretty certain. That the one thing he has to use Federal Reserve notes for is like some government function or utility or something that that doesn't take any that doesn't have any way to take an alternative currency. Right? They are not set up for that, so it has to be done, you know, using Federal Reserve notes, um, and that's what he needs. Right? So Texas goes like, "Oh, we're going to levy a tax on you," right? And then the people in Houston go like, "Fuck you, we're going to secede." And the people in Dallas go like, fuck you, we're going to secede, maybe. Depends how big that secessionist movement really was, right? But if you want to if you want to stay in Texas, you know, and, and get whatever services Texas is uh, purporting to offer you, then you have to c- convert whatever your current currency is into, into Texas bucks and take care of those particular bills that way. Meanwhile, the merchants, if they're smart, right, will we'll use this as an advantage to accumulate some alternative currencies like gold, silver, or cryptocurrency, and not and just refuse to take Federal Reserve notes, right? That is now foreign currency. If you walk into the cafe in Italy, right, and put a Federal Reserve note on the table, they're going to look at you sideways. Similarly, if you walk into a bar in Texas and put a Federal Reserve note on the table, they should look at you sideways, right? That's foreign sure. currency. You cannot use that here. You must go convert it. Um, no, I just, I just think there's, there would be an advantage to, uh, having control over, over those sorts of things. So. Yeah, but you're also advocating force in doing so. And I can't advocate that on this show. <laughs> well, no, what, I, what we I, need I, is a federal, what we need is a Texas government to mandate what money our Texan people use. Yeah, no, I, I I hear you, I, and I know I'm taking the the anti uh, anarchist uh, standpoint here. Um, You're also suggesting that the anti anarchist standpoint is the best way to do this, and that I also take well, issue with. Well, I I I guess from my point of view, I'm so anti U.S. federal government that I want to see something else succeed and succeed fast. So I would want to live like, let's say, you know, the DeSantis crew, uh, gets, you know, stopped from him, him being president and they, in Florida decides to secede because everybody loves their governor so much. So they say, and, uh, you know, and he, he becomes dictator of Florida and he says, all right, if you're in Florida, we don't take those notes. We don't take those uh, those uh, uh, Federal Reserve notes. I'm like, that'd be cool. I would move there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, whether or not it's good to have a dictator um, is, is secondary to me because I, I know the Federal Reserve government is absolutely evil and corrupt and uh i don't want to be a part of it so yeah um well i mean okay so if that's if that is your general position right there's like 179 other governments you can go operate under that's not the u.s federal government right like if desantis turns dictator in florida how is that any different from some monarch uh, in Europe or some warlord in Africa, which you are already free to leave and go like, you know, hang your well, hat under them. Mainly because, um, I guess, uh, I'm, 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 I was raised in the U S and I, and I'm accustomed to the language and I, you know, just okay. like most people, most people around the world, they don't want to leave. So, um, I don't want to leave. I want them to leave. 
Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, I'm with what, <laughs> so that's that's pretty much my answer. Um, I don't. I want to visit Europe and I want to travel through Europe, but I don't really want to live there. I don't think so. Okay. Or Costa Rica or Puerto Rico, right? I mean, that's still a U.S. protectorate. Guam, right? Another free talk live connection moved to uh, Saipan for a little bit there because it's got the best weather and they were starting, you know, a a crypto uh, compound, not a compound, I don't know, conglomerate coalition, one of those words that starts with C, right? They were just like, all the crypto people, come here. Because there's a lot of freedom in this 15-mile you know, wide island, and the only thing you can't do is own land. And that's fundamentally it. But it's basically, you know, your, your United States wealth is enough for you to live almost like a king here, and the weather's damn near perfect, you know, 99% of the time. And so off Mark went to do his little, you know, crypto thing over there um, until the COVID lockdowns came. He's like, well, I can't get fucking stuck here during COVID and migrated back. Uh, but there, you know, there, there are other speak, English-speaking protectorates. Uh, American Samoa, right? head on over that way you're already used to island life <clears throat> the f- but it's you know it's under the purview of the united states but far enough removed right where it's not exactly the same do they use federal reserve notes in american samoa i don't know like, keep talking Probably. and i'll look it up they do in guam okay um. but the the whole point of the the crypto movement to saipan Right, the, the Northern Marianas Island was to have enough people there, you know, to to bring in enough crypto wealth, uh, where you wouldn't have to use Federal Reserve notes for most things, right? And that's that's part of the overall secession movement that I'm suggesting, right? Is if it's if it's not a dictator taking over and declaring it so, and it's you know the the vast majority of people going like, yep, we're doing it. Um, then some of those things naturally fall into place, right? Like you, you can say, well, you know, at Porkfest and Fork, or Porkfest, yeah, Porkfest and Forkfest, right? It's already set up that way to, to be useful. But the truth is, at least here in New Hampshire, um, there's a lot of things that you can get done crypto only because of how big the network currently is, right? There's, there's, um, property management companies that will take their rent in crypto, right? And farmers markets that you can buy all your groceries and stuff in crypto as well, right? So I don't, you know, those are the two big ones, food and shelter, right? That, that you already can live uh, 99% Federal Reserve note free. And we know this, again, because Captain Kickass, as my shining example today, basically does, Right, he's got one bill that he goes, "Hey, Rich, you, you trading today?" You know, because I've got that one bill, right, that I need to pay in Federal Reserve notes. Um, but everything else in his life, uh, though some take multiple steps to accomplish, right, is generally Federal Reserve note free. Like what you're asking, he has basically done um, already without moving to a foreign country. And so if, if that's what you want, right, you don't have to wait for DeSantis to declare, you know, that Florida is its own country and, and go live under dictator DeSantis. You can just move to New Hampshire and integrate within the Liberty crypto community, right, and have 99% of your needs met. Or you can hang out with libertarians in Hawaii and talk about Robert's Rules of Order and how they're going to plot to take over the party. Because they're not, not going to take over the state. Yeah, yeah. Um, and being one of the 13 colonies, right? Like, what's more American than New Hampshire? It's not the last one on the books, right? It's like one of the first. We were America before Hawaii was America, gosh damn it. Well, America isn't America anymore, so it's, uh, yeah. It's corrupt, like I said. <laughs> yeah. I get it. And totally. Right. And again, we we've we've talked about this before here as well. 
if you look at the breakdown for the, you know, the, the most freedom in the 50 states, right, Florida is good. Florida is, you know, top five generally. Like, they're up there. But New Hampshire is frequently first. And Hawaii is near the bottom, right? So if, even if you were wanting to go in that direction, right, unless you're really hell-bent on the weather in Hawaii, right? Yeah, like well, you're in Hawaii's, the wrong place. Hawaii is great for people that are already rich. Okay. There's low property tax, and if, if, you, if you're already wealthy, then you don't have to pay the, you know, uh, uh, income tax, you know, yeah. wage, wage tax. Um, you know, utilities are pretty, pretty cheap because you don't need to use them. Yep. Um, so what are you left with is just, you know, the price of the land, which is high because, well, because the property tax is low. So, you know, once you have some land, um, you're pretty much set. <laughs> okay. Um, but you're still using federal reserve notes everywhere. Yes. Yeah. We are not. Right. Property tax is high. Land prices are low. And, you know, if you're, if you're that rich, right, like if, if you have that much wealth, you can buy land in places uh, here that don't have high property tax because they don't provide a lot of government services. Right. Like I live in the city foolishly uh, because I have to have a nine to five job. And I say have to, not I'm compelled or whatever. It's, it's a choice, really, but it's a necessary one for me at this moment, right? But the further north you go, right, and, and on the outskirts of the cities you go, uh, property taxes aren't that bad, right? But you also don't get all the government services, which is a good thing because why would you want them, right? <laughs> and there's a, there's a city. Here, this is just for your own personal research. Uh, look up the city of Berlin, New Hampshire. At one point in time, was apparently like the second biggest city in New Hampshire um, because of industry, like logging or whatever. Uh, and then the the city, like the 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 industry went away, and so the town collapsed from like the second biggest to now you know tens of thousands of people, or like you know maybe even less, like five thousand people in the whole city or whatever. There's like nothing there. Mm -hmm. um, so when we first moved here in 2018, right, you could buy like a three or four bedroom house in Berlin for like $50,000. Um, and now it's like $150,000 because they fucked up that market too, right? But if you, if you don't have to go to town for anything, right, you could get a mansion in Berlin uh, for the price of like a studio apartment in Hawaii, basically. That might be a stretch, but you get the idea. Sure. Right. And, you know, because the city has fallen apart, um, you know, I, I don't know what the property taxes are, but if you go on the outskirts, right, it, the, you know, the, the, the land value cheaper, the property taxes lower because there's no, none of that city services in there. We, uh, my main job, um, working for a contracting company here locally, and our rule, our service area is like a two hour radius from the office. So, you know, we called up a customer, offered our services. He said, sure. Um, then we have to change the address on file, right? And the address, the address as it was written was in some city uh, in New Hampshire that's within our service area. But the exact same address with the correct city on it puts him outside of our service area, right? Mm -hmm. And so similarly, right, like we won't go there. A lot of other things also don't go there. Right. He's like, ah, but it's only like 10 minutes away. I'm like, yes. And that 10 minutes like puts you over the limit for what we're going to send our crews out for. Right. Hmm. So we're not going, nobody's going, you're, you're kind of screwed out. But right. The city on the outskirts of the city has less property tax. Right. And so, you know, depending on if you're that wealthy, right. Where, where you don't have to like commute into town or be near things, um, uh, then there's plenty of opportunity to 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 get a lot of land and a lot of 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 what's uh, buildings or whatever building space square footage uh, for a low cost 
in those in those areas and those outskirts. Now, what you do with it, kind of going to be up to you, right? There's there's not a lot of people there, so unless you know, unless you're like, you know, the Mr. Burns of the area, and, and it's going to bring in industry, right? But you could easily live out your your existence up there, trading with locals in cryptocurrency because the Liberty crypto community is everywhere, and you could get most of that stuff done that way. But we don't have nice beaches, right? And the weather kind of sucks most of the year. But I'm looking forward to winter because it's hot and I hate the heat. Or Florida, right? Like I said, you can go down to Florida. I don't know what the property taxes are in Florida, uh, but the weather is comparable to Hawaii. Not as good, still in my opinion. Um, but they're, they're pretty close, you know, on, 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 the Liberty, uh, on the Liberty numbers, right? Florida's not a bad choice, uh, but I don't think it has the same upwards potential that New Hampshire does long term. Mm-hmm. Or keep your wealth, live in Hawaii, right? Trade in Federal Reserve notes, and if it's if it's so easy, if you're if you're that wealthy, and it's so easy to avoid the state in most situations, right? Then who cares if you have to use Federal Reserve notes for things? Right? Just use. Um, yeah, sure, sure. Um, I but I, I still would. Like okay, if 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 the question was, like, what would make me want to leave Hawaii? Then it would be a, a state that is resisting the Federal Reserve notes. Now, individuals in New Hampshire are, but but the state as a whole is just like whatever. <laughs> you know? Well, because the individuals in New Hampshire don't give a shit about the state of New Hampshire either, right? Like the the government of New Hampshire. Where our our secession movement is step by step, right? And we're already past the state step, right? Like, oh, what are you going to do if New Hampshire secedes from from the United States? Well, then we're going to try to get the counties to secede from the state of New Hampshire, right? And we just, sure. we just keep working our way down to the individual, or and in, or until the state becomes so small, right? Like the outskirts city. You know, of, of of a thousand people, right? When when you have to pay, you know, a marginal fealty to some dickhead who tends to rule over that like little small minuscule part, right? Then then it's easier just to spend money on a bullet, mm-hmm. and I'm fine with that too. It's easier to take down the state monarchy than it is the federal government monarchy. Uh, so once you can, you know. Once you can extricate yourself from the federal government, right, the, the rest of it becomes easier by default, especially if you're doing it, you know, the, the agorist way by already having parallel systems in place. Right? What are we going to do without the, without the Federal Reserve notes? Uh, we've had these things for years. Just use this. Mm-hmm. Right? Use the goldbacks, you know. Trade for the goldbacks in Federal Reserve notes because the goldback companies, you know, extraterritorial to New Hampshire, right? So they still have a use for Federal Reserve notes for now. So give it to them. Get your get your gold, get your silver, get your cryptocurrency, right? It'll be foreign exchange at that point, and just use it here. Right? We don't we don't need the, the His Excellency the Governor. You know, to to secede from the United States in order to not use Federal Reserve notes, it's already being done, and at at probably the highest level, uh, worldwide. I I don't have figures for that, uh, but I don't know many other places in the world, right? If they're they're not on Reddit posting how great their territory is, uh, where you can uh. use Bitcoin for everything. Uh, but at least here in New Hampshire, you can use Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or alternative currency for all of the normal, regular, everyday stuff, right? If you really like that cat display, you know, that cat painting on Etsy, right? All right, fuck it. You're going to have to convert some of your crypto to, to Federal Reserve notes to, to get the dude in Kentucky to send you his cat painting, right? But that's, you know, those are luxury items at that point. Nice. Headlines? 
Yeah, I, I would like to go to uh, El Salvador to see that, and then also New Hampshire to, to try out your uh, your crypto economy. Um, and my parents got the, the RV, so um, I will be able to make that trek. Nice. Let us know when you're... So if you're coming to New Hampshire, especially in the RV, right, uh, the tickets, I think, are currently on sale for Pork Fash 2024. Uh, pork Fash 2 or Pork Fest 21 or whatever. I'm calling it Pork Fash because of this past year, and I'm not walking back on that at all. Um, or in February, there's the Liberty Forum that the Free State Project puts on, which is more of a formal event. Right. But integrate, right? If you if you want to come out and meet the captain, right, I'll take you out and meet the captain, and and you can talk to him, right, about all the things that he's done to avoid using Federal Reserve notes for damn near everything in his life. Right, or if you don't want to come and do that, right? Free Talk Live is still a live call-in show. You can always call in and ask them directly. Like, hey, I'm I've heard about what you were doing, sir. Can you expound upon that for me and everyone listening? And that's also an option. No, I just I just want to force everybody else not to use Federal Reserve notes. Yeah, and that's <laughs> I get it. It's tempting, right? Run for if that's your goal, right? Once we secede, run for governor of New Hampshire. Once you're here long enough, right? And then and see how see how well that demand goes over with the locals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, El, El, try it in El Salvador, right? You, you said you were partial to the United States, and if you're partial to the United States, right, New Hampshire is the spot to be. If you're not, right, like I said, there's there's 179 other countries. Uh, where you can, you know, let some other dictator rule over you that's not using Federal Reserve notes. Anything else? No. And and knowing you have the RV now, I'm definitely look forward to a visit from you. <laughs> right on. I I I believe I have to make uh, at one possibly two trips to Hawaii in 2024. Oh. Un- unfortunately, so you know we'll try to coordinate around that if you're thinking about coming soon. All right, I'll, I'll add some extra supports under the under Hawaii so it doesn't sink. Oh no, don't let it sink. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm not compelled to go, but there are good reasons to go, um, and I don't want to. Right? Like if right if on. that whole <laughs> island sinks, uh, my mom doesn't like me saying this, but I'm like, I warned you people to get off a long time ago. Right? I've been mm-hmm. espousing this shit since like 2007. Um, you've never listened to me. So I hope you go down with the island, right? If, it's, <laughs> if it sinks, I hope you're on it just so I get some vindication that you should have listened to me long ago. <laughs> it's like, I how told you so, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no, I did. I, you know, my mom goes, why would you say that? I'm like, because I warned you. I warned you. I told them, like, you don't even have to come to New Hampshire, right? Like, my stepbrother moved to Texas. I'm like, just go move to Texas. You guys will be infinitely better off. You don't work. Right, you're on, you know, uh, Social Security or whatever retirement income they have. My my stepdad was a a bus driver, right? And I'm like, in Texas, that money stretches even further. You you scrimp and you save off of you know the the meager uh, uh, Social Security payments, so you get, so you guys can go go out and enjoy cruises and whatnot. So like, you don't need. Um, you've been to my house. My house is stupid, or my mom's house, I should say. My mom's house is stupid. My mom had a, like a three-bedroom house with a studio. And then my sister, who did not want to move out of the house when she became an adult, right, built like another three-bedroom house on top of my mom's house. Mm-hmm. So it's, just, it's this, you know, million-dollar monstrosity. Um, and, they're pay, you know, the, what, the, the property taxes are low, but they're still paying the property tax on it. And, like, if you sell the house, like, look at all that cruise money you have. Because you don't need this big of a house if you just move to Texas. And if you wanted this big of a house and you move to Texas, you'll still have that much money left over, right? Like you have tens of thousands of dollars um, just by making that move. And everything's cheaper in Texas. So groceries will cost less and you'll have more money for cruises. They're like, mm-hmm. now we can't move. I'm like, all right, well, then fucking I hope the island sinks and takes you with it. <laughs> Dumbass. Yeah, I don't care. All right. I think it'll be all right. Yeah, I, un- unfortunately, you're right. 
<laughs> Not with that global warming. Oh, sea yeah. level rises, the islands shrink. Pretty soon it's all underwater, except for that one. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking about maybe trying to start or fund like a, a school that, that is you know, climate science school and, uh, you know, get some some of the best professors or whatever to uh, be part of it and teach classes about, you know, the realities of, of climate and the climate change. Um, so anyway, that's that's always on my mind. That's one thing I want to do. And I forget what the other one is. Hook it up oh, yeah, to the Khan want- Academy. No, I just wanted to start a, a computer company, just build computers, because that's what I like to do is geek out in my free time. Like Michael Dell? Yeah. I mean, I had a buddy uh, when I was living there who, like, did that just, you know, just because he wanted to build his own PC. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, you could just buy one. He's like, oh, I just wanted to go through the process of building. I'm like, all right, cool. It's a hobby. No, no problem. Um, yeah. But if you, you know, if that's your thing... Right. And, and you can do it. I don't know. I don't know if you need to like start a company, but you, you could theoretically just do it, uh, like repurposed PCs and, and donate them to, you know, private schools or whatever mm-hmm. as a thing, as it were. Yep. Instead of hobbies and crafts, right? Just build them and sell them. Uh, another mutual friend of ours, right? Just, you know, Went down like he didn't buy the he didn't buy his PCs from the big box stores. He like bought it from Jose down the block, right? Who had his own little computer shop, right? And frequently he's like, "Hey, Rich, what is this error message that keeps popping up on my machine?" I'm like, oh, it means you're using bootleg software. <laughs> he's like, "What?" I'm like, no, I paid for this. I'm like, no, you paid Jose, right? I don't know where the fuck Jose got it from, but clearly it's not authentic. You know, Jose used the same license for you as he does like all of his other customers because he's running a small computer shop. Oh, yeah, but he does great support. I'm like, okay, then why are you calling me? You know, call your computer guy and ask him why he put bootleg software in your machine. If you want me to bypass it, I got the codes to fucking bypass it for you. But talk to that guy. So you could easily be just like Matt, the computer guy, you know, building computers and selling them to whomever, whomever you can market to. Headlines? Headlines. All right. FDA commission. Headline. FDA commissioner. No one envisioned the consequences of new sesame seed labeling rule. Headline. Governments should not fund research. Uh, Headline. Germans have moral obligation to sacrifice living standards and wealth. Claim Green Party MP. Headline. uh, Dumb and even dumber. And this one has a subheadline. Uh, the left attaches to their attacks an entirely unwarranted moral heroism. Uh, headline, U.S. bans incandescent light bulbs. And in another lighting-related news, uh, headline, why are some street lights turning purple? Uh, any of those jump out at you, MC? Um, government should not fund research. Government should not fund research. That, that falls right into the climate stuff. Yeah. But it might be about something else. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, from the Cato Institute, so I've warned in the past about certain sources. Uh, Cato occasionally does good stuff and most often doesn't, so we'll see where this one falls. Government should not fund research. Uh, in fiscal year 2022, the federal government spent $76 billion uh, subsidizing non-defense scientific research. This component of federal expenditure is modest relative to the $6.27 trillion total or the $632.7 billion private sources spent on research and development in 2021. It nevertheless merits scrutiny. The standard argument for these subsidies distinguishes two types of research. Basic research expands human knowledge, but without easily captured commercial benefit. Examples include probing the origins of the universe, the composition of protons, or the fundamental laws of physics. Once known, these pure ideas spread easily, so the creator cannot earn a monetary return. Applied research generates marketable innovation. Improved crop production, treatments for specific diseases, or improved energy efficiency. 
Crucially, according to the standard model, uh, this research builds on the theoretical foundation derived from basic research. Without subsidies for basic research, therefore, applied research might suffer. This model of the innovation process plausibly describes much innovative activity or lack thereof, yet the standard model is not the whole story. Many scientists, uh, for example, Michael Faraday, investigate for the joy of discovery, not to earn a financial return. Further, many esteemed inventors received no government funding, including Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla, and the Wright brothers, who were competing with government funding to the Smithsonian Institute uh, institution to develop aircraft. Even if financial incentives are important for generating basic research, moreover, universities and private charities provide alternative sources of funding. At institutions of higher learning, including ones historically funded privately, scientists earn a living by teaching while getting time for their research. Private charity also funds basic research. The American Cancer Society, 100 years old this year, collect personal donations and invested more than $145 million in cancer research in 2022 and more than $5 billion since 1946. Uh, its history suggests that private charities are willing to invest in research that government might avoid. When the ACS was founded, it was taboo to even discuss cancer in public. Private charities fund numerous areas of research. The Howard Hughes Medical Institute funds about $660 million in medical research per year, and countless charities focus on specific diseases. Uh, the Alzheimer's Association, $90 million in 2022. Parkinson's Foundation, $24.9 million. Uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation distributed $3.6 billion in 2021 for global health research and development. Additional examples include the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation for uh, Economics, Energy, the Environment, and Physics with $48.1 million in 2022, and the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation for Arts and Humanity, $592 million, and the Ford Foundation, Drivers of Socioeconomic and Political Inequity, uh, $713 million. Moreover, much innovation does not rest directly on basic research. Microsoft, Windows, TurboTax, and the iPhone did not spawn from some grand theory, but instead grew from ongoing trial and error processes in response to pressing needs. Regardless of these issues, the long-term record suggests little impact of federal research and funding on the U.S. economy. The graph below, uh, you can see the notes for the graph, the graph below plots real GDP per capita since 1870, along with the federal non-defense research and development spending since 1949, when the government began reporting this statistic. Funding existed prior to 1949, but was small and embedded in other parts of the budget. In 1940, it was under $105 million in 2020 dollars. The growth of GDP per capita seems unaffected, even as research funding rose dramatically following World War II, the average annualized growth rate of real GDP per capita was 1.96% between 1870 and 1948 and 2% between 1949 and 2022. Thus, the standard model likely overstates the need for government funding to generate innovation. In addition, governments, uh, government funding generates a substantial cost beyond its monetary expenditure. If government funds research, it must decide which projects to fund, allowing political forces to influence the choice. President George W. Bush limited federal funding for stem cell research that used human embryos in response to pressure from anti-abortion forces. The recent affirmative action case against Harvard is a legal issue because Harvard accepts federal research funding. The National Institute on Drug Abuse has been criticized for displaying bias in favor of drug prohibition. Another concern is that the central source of funding may limit which projects can access funds, reducing research variety. Special interest groups can successfully lobby for funding that supports their research, even if it is not the most deserving. Indeed, private research funding is distributed more widely. Between 2010 and 2019, 200 organizations received 80% of the National Institute of Health and National Science Foundation grants, whereas the top 200 recipients of private funding received only 33% of donations. Scientists have explained how private funding has enabled them to explore new ideas, adjust budgets, and avoid lengthy bureaucratic approval processes. Finally, much government funding goes toward applied, not basic research. In fiscal year 2022, 38% of non-defense federal R&D funds were earmarked for applied research. This piece cannot be justified on the grounds that private actors will systematically undersupply it due to lack of monetary incentive. 
Milton Friedman famously argued for abolishing the NSF, the NIH, and all government funding of higher education, even though his own field received funding. Uh, Friedman believed that the private sources would fund science as evidenced by major research that took place before government research funding began. He also believed the efficiency and quality of research would improve when privately funded uh, because government officials' goals divert research from the topics that fit researchers' talents and interests. We agree. Enter the article. Uh, your thoughts, MC? Yeah, those are all good kind of boring points. Um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, definitely it, it, research could happen without without government funding and pro- probably should. Uh, I, my, my favorite st- my topic is always climate change, and I want to give you an example of, of how bad things can get. And uh, so in climate change, how it works, there's funding for things called climate impacts. And the bad thing about that is already starting from a negative connotation. It's like uh, find the impact of uh, CO2 on on uh, whatever it is that you can think of. I don't know. Corals. Yep. Cor- coral reefs. And, of course, what did they find? Well, they found the impact, of course, because that's what they were paying for. Um, so it turns out that the you know, Great Barrier Reef is now 35% higher uh, growth than it was since the start of starting of uh, you know tracking the coral yeah. reefs, and and so they were wrong, but they were paid to come up with the wrong uh, answer, right? And they're still being paid to come up with the wrong answer, right? So no nobody did the the benefit study. There's no. Nobody's paying for what is the benefits to CO2. And so now the benefit should be to coral reefs because CO2 is higher than ever before and the coral reefs are higher than ever before. Well, so. that's just correlation, not causation, MC. There's no way to, sure. there's no way to well, that, know that it... That's not science because the government didn't pay for that science. <laughs> <laughs> so another, another thing that came up this week, I don't know if you saw this, um, at like some track and field games in China. Did you see the video of the Somali runner? No. Okay. Oh, this is wonderful for you then. Um, if you're a sports guy. Uh, so this, this is going to highlight... Uh, to tie it in with this article, right? This is going to highlight um, what happens when you put governments in charge of things. Uh, so this, at, at the track and field games, this Somali runner, uh, Nasra Abukar Ali, um, it was like the 100-meter dash, right? And she finished it in a whopping 20-plus seconds. <laughs> World record is somewhere in 10 for females, and she did it in whew, just over 20. Okay. Well, it turns out she's the niece of the government official in charge of their fucking sports program. <laughs> so, so in an act of sheer, unadulterated, unapologetic nepotism, went, sure, honey, you can run the 100-meter dash for the country. Yeah. Right. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, and, so, and so if we're talking about research... And scientific, you know, scientific inquiry, right? You don't want to, you don't want the people in charge of the money, right? Having those types of connections, right? Oh, sure, nephew, whatever you want to do this research on, what I can get you that money, right? And then it's just wasting money, you know, through through, uh, through nepotism and favoritism, friends, family, whatever, right? Because government government money gets lost all the time. The audits are shit to begin with and most of the time we don't know where that money's actually going uh, and we've highlighted here before but every year right Rand Paul does his government waste report on what the government actually funded with taxpayer money uh, and it's usually pretty bizarre mm-hmm. so get get the government out of those types of things and have them stop funding anything at all uh, you know research included final thoughts Oh, no, thanks. All right, that'll do it for us then. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, 
on Telegram, t.me slash anarchist experience or t.me slash the anarchist experience. And I don't know what happened, man, but we're getting like an influx of people finding the page on Facebook. Like our time has come. <laughs> so if you, if you are finding this show through the Facebook page, get the fuck off of Facebook because we're not there. Like MC posted something over there just to see where all these motherfuckers are coming from. Uh, but we're on Telegram now, so that's that's the place to be. So Telegram, t.me slash anarchist experience, t.me slash the anarchist experience. And if you found us and want to contribute to the show financially, because all of a sudden you find it financially valuable to you, uh, you can do so through Patreon, where we accept Federal Reserve notes. Patreon, Patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>